0: welcome to minute six of the great Escape minute the daily podcast where we dig into the great Escape one minute at a time I'm Rob I'm Tom and joining us today is Jay Cluwitt from the deep blue seat podcast hello it's so great to finally have a guest on the show <laughs> finally anyone final
1: episode <laughs>
0: still it's still something it's you know that's 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 the way these things work you know You've it, uh, the it'll, podcast. It, there you go it'll change the whole dynamics of everything but that's good that's what we want we want people to to see or feel and hear something different every single week so this minute starts when you see henley giving one last look at the security of the, the camp and it goes all the way till danny and willie having a little discussion about the the distance to the trees um, This actually, first of all, after having a, a week of shows where uh, there was no dialogue whatsoever, so uh, we're a little happy that you know this yeah, this week we actually German get dialogue. we get uh, not not really. I'm, well, I, I don't understand German, so I don't I don't know how many people actually understand the uh, you know the orders that they uh, shout out at everyone or whatever. But okay, so so let me rephrase that. This week we actually get English language. Okay. Uh, <laughs> vocalization call you out there i'm sorry that's okay no it's fine not a problem at all and uh and and i'm sure you'll be very happy because i mean jay told me who his favorite character in the movie is or one of his favorite characters and he actually gets the first line of dialogue oh. so uh you know you, you... <laughs> but uh no the good thing about this minute also besides having a dialogue it, it introduces us to a few of the characters that someone see, never having seen this before won't know who who they're seeing and what the the background are of any of these characters but someone like uh, all of us here who've seen the movie numerous times you know know who these people are when when we get to see them as I mentioned the first thing that we get to see is uh, Henley you know he's you know giving his James Garner giving his one last look you know we discussed it last week The uh, way he's checking out the different uh, fences and security of the uh, the camp that they've just been you know blindly brought to and then after that we see a lot of the prisoners during some of the barracks and checking things out and first ones we get we get Cavendish and Griffith. Walking down a corridor, and they basically uh, are looking around, trying to figure out what what room they want to take. Which I guess is interesting. They get to choose where they get to sleep. Well, I, think, um, I
1: mean, what, why not? Why not just? Yeah, you know, I think the guards don't don't care about the living conditions of these of these prisoners. Just sort yourselves out. But yeah, Cavendish, not yeah. one of my favorite characters at all. Cavendish uh, I, is the worst <laughs> character in the whole damn film. He's the <laughs> true villain of the Great Escape. <laughs> I hate him.
0: He is the reason everything goes wrong. Hey, you Cavendish told just... me you told me you had a lot of things to say about him, so I, I took that the wrong way. <laughs> like... So you're saying it all? It all goes downhill from him. Him as his first line where he where he screams. Oh, I guess this will do. <laughs> yeah, I mean, i I, I like the
1: character. I like the character. I like the acting is great. Uh, he, I don't think you're supposed to like Cavendish. But spo- are we doing spoilers for the rest of the film, or do I have to just uh, talk about up to this point? No,
0: we're, we can do spoilers.
1: Okay, that's fine. good. <laughs> Everything goes wrong because of Cavendish. Okay, <laughs> at the end of this minute, you've got Billy and Danny trying to work out the distance to the the trees. So it's up to them to work out. Cavendish is the surveyor. It's up to him. He's the one who's supposed to work out. Okay, trees are over there. In a later scene, he says 335 feet. They dig the tunnels. They're 20 feet short. <laughs> that's 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 all on Cavendish. Tied on Cavendish.
0: And then apparently, apparently in the he's just over,
1: who trips over, gets out the tunnel, bloody Cavendish. <laughs>
0: because because, because of the fact that packages. that's because he has no patience you know he doesn't want to wait around and uh, and see what's going to happen and i mean even though he's a surveyor apparently he's not not a very good engineer you no, know well, I, I, I guess he didn't go to the same school that you did you know the same <laughs> engineering school
1: that's it well sedgwick's C- a manufacturer so that's that's all on him but yeah i i especially get annoyed that he gets the distance wrong because i have a reputation in my house for being a human ruler i can oh. just kind of Eyeball any kind of measurement. When my wife's doing some knitting, she holds up a yarn and says, "Like, hey, how long's this been?" Like, oh, that's, that's sixty inches long. And like, yeah, so
0: I just I just
1: tell, and I'm generally about right within about a couple of percent. So, so Calvin, we should oh. have sent
0: you to to Stalag Luft Three to to hey, to check. We so got out a lot
1: more than seventy six people. That's all I'm saying. <laughs>
2: The other thing okay. about Cavendish is he seems to find the most over the top and difficult way to get into bed. I've <laughs> gone into a top bunk before. The way he does it just doesn't make any sense. Given the fact he does it repeatedly throughout the film,
0: <laughs> and uh, it's and it's a triple decker too. It's not even just a normal bunk bed. Uh, to be fair, there is no ladder, so he
1: he he can only climb up the sides. But yeah, it's the it's that via the, the rafter <laughs> into the top that's the thing that's exactly but what is the top bunk appeal I, i've slept in bunks before I, I have a bottom bunker i see i don't understand why you'd want to be
0: like nose to the ceiling like he is maybe maybe warmer up there or cooler i mean maybe i don't know what he what he prefers you know he, he apparently likes it like maybe maybe he he misses uh you know being up in the air I mean that, that's one of the things that, that we we didn't point out last week because it really wasn't as relevant. That all of these officers, uh, all all these prisoners are officers, and every one of them they're they're pilots. So that yes. that gives us a lot about them. And I mean the research that I did, Cavendish is a, a flight flight lieutenant OF two. But uh, the irony is is that, that his wardrobe is actually <laughs> it's is actually patterned dress from five years afterwards. It's actually the uniforms from 1949. So he's he sort of uh, he, he, I guess he's maybe he used time travel to get back. He's a man out of time. time. <laughs> <laughs> he's but a man I, out of time who who was sent back to to make sure he was sent back by the Germans to make sure that they don't <laughs> they don't get more than seventy six guys out.
1: <laughs> In the original timeline, they got they emptied the entire camp just left of no one. <laughs> I mean, I, I will say looking at the setup of
2: that triple-decker bunk bed, it does look like the top bunk might have the best view out the window.
1: I think it might have the... the, the most what are you going to look at? <laughs> <laughs> you can look at outside where you can't go. <laughs> it's, like, it's like 2020. Right. Uh, no, I
0: like also the fact that he's walking down the corridor and he looks in one of the rooms and, like, shakes his head and says, nah, I don't want that room. Like, what the hell's the difference between all the rooms? Uh, uh, my, my assumption is is that they, they didn't, you know, plan out each room differently. Been, uh,
1: uh, Blythe, Blythe and... and uh, Hen- henley they they get a great room those yeah. two, they, just those two in there so i don't know if that's some kind of different officer class I don't
0: know, but yeah but, uh, we, we never get to see the the higher officers uh quarters so you never know it's possible that ramsey has his own room probably you probably. never know but uh i mean it's also interesting to see that there, there are actually 12 beds in the in the room so they're they're packing them in, in like sardines in this place because yeah. i don't i don't think anyone can really say that they've they've been somewhere where there's Twelve uh, people in, in uh, such a small space. Uh,
1: no, I think the, the, I went on a, a school trip when I was younger to like a it was like a, a, a adventure kind of week we'd go like um like orienteering and wa- falling wa- walking around a bog i say falling because i fell into the bog and i had to share a room with three <laughs> other people and it was bunk bunks and that was quite a small room uh but you know it, it was no nothing compared to this it wasn't 12 people in this size of a room yeah, and in that said, we had four so i went straight for the bog.
0: so yeah uh, so you didn't you didn't do the you didn't do the cavendish move of uh climbing to the top and jumping up no not no i, I know it would
1: that's right. <laughs> I've always been a bit of a bigger guy. That would have what happens to him later in the film would have happened to me with a regular bed. I think. Uh, yeah, no, but
0: but it happens to him again because of the fact that he loves to jump on, onto yes, his bed true. and, and uh, I mean, did
1: didn't, didn't, did attention.
0: He didn't ask this question of Hiltz why he's walking with so much wood in his hands.
1: No. Yeah, but but,
0: but I, we'll, I, we'll get there in a few months.
1: And I, I, well, in in a long time you'll get when. They're asking uh, who, who didn't make it back to the camp. And you just, no one asks if Cavendish made it back or not. <laughs> no one cares. <laughs> uh,
0: That's true. That's true. But great. Right. So the other, the other uh, recognizable character in the room is uh, Griffiths, who's uh, the tailor who actually you know, has, a, has a big part later on where uh, we get to see how he, uh, he shows how efficient he is in uh, taking dress uniforms, even an- anach- anachronistic ones like, like Cavendish's, and are able to make them look like uh, civilian clothes so that,
1: with that's uh, apparently <laughs> apparently Robert Desmond this is his last film um,
0: because he he did he? No, he, that he didn't.
1: He passed away in two thousand and two. Oh, so he, okay. he, he just had, just had enough. Stopped, yeah, just stopped. Act, like, he had like uh, fifteen <laughs> credits to his name, and he
0: just stopped in sixty three. Maybe, maybe he said. Maybe he said he spent too much time with Cavendish. Maybe no. Maybe. He
2: was in a couple. In <laughs> a few other things after this, he stopped. It looks like he stopped in seventy. Oh, he
1: stopped doing films. He did some TV series.
2: Yeah, Sorry. yeah, it was in some TV series and TV movies and whatnot after this. But, uh, right. Well, okay.
0: okay. That's, That's me. use Wikipedia, rather than IMDb. <laughs> <laughs> Again, maybe Wikipedia knows. I mean, he actually, yeah, he lived till he was seventy-nine. Hmm. Uh, but I, I do back back to Cavendish. <laughs> I like the the wiki. <laughs>
1: One mission on this episode. Uh, I like the, the Wikipedia description for Cavendish. He's like he's a, a flight lieutenant who has an important duty for the building of the tunnel. Doesn't specify what. Just it's, he did something, I guess, is important. Everyone else, it, it specifies what they did. But is that important, I guess. Where
0: on Wikipedia?
1: Yeah, on, on Wikipedia oh, okay. under the the uh, the, the cast. Uh, for...
2: Can we all at least agree Cavendish has the best facial hair in the movie?
1: I mean, it's it's not it's not a long list. Everyone <laughs> else needs to be clean shaven. So yes, we'll go. Everyone with that, else,
0: you. everyone else uh, somehow get, get get enough razors, you know, to to shave every day. Except for Charles Bronson, who's always scruffy looking. Oh, but God, uh, that's, uh, yeah.
1: that's Charles Bronson. What are you going mean, He course. he
0: still shaves every
1: morning. That's just how he looks by midday. That's just the power of Charles Bronson's chin. <laughs> that's true also.
0: It's very possible. Okay, so moving on from Cavendish, uh, even though this is, uh, as you said, a very Cavendish Cavendish centric. Uh, <laughs> he's only in this minute this week. That's all I got. Uh, actually, not true. Oh, there. No, sorry. He's mentioned later. He's not. Uh, he's not shown. Excuse me. Right. So, so we, we we get to leave the barracks, and we we get to see uh, again anyone who who doesn't know the characters just sees uh, uh, you know this this blonde-haired, blue-eyed character stoop next to a barracks and start looking underneath. And that that's uh, uh, Ashley Pitt. Ashley Pitt. Eric Ashley Pitt. He's actually a naval officer, which makes you wonder why he's in a camp, a whole bunch of Air Force pilots, but uh, I don't know. And he's hes a lieutenant commander. He's an OF-3, whatever that means. And so we find out later on that his job is dispersal, which basically means that he needs to find a way to get rid of all the, the, the dirt when they're uh, digging all the tunnels. So it actually makes sense of what he, the first thing that he does is, you know, he wants to look under the barracks. Uh, I've I've actually uh, started reading the, the the novel or the book by Brickhill. So it obviously explains the biggest problem of uh, digging tunnels is figuring out what to do with the dirt. So Ashley Pitt was quite important. I mean, he's, he's actually based on an officer named uh, Peter uh, Fonshaw, who was uh, nicknamed Hornblower. I don't know why. Uh, can't really, <laughs> can't really understand why. I, I don't think that has anything to do with dispersal, based on uh, my understanding of it. But uh, so it's interesting that he's able to to look under the the barracks to to see more or less, uh, you know, if if that's a good place to to store dirt later on. It okay. well, uh, was a,
1: a TV series in the UK. Uh-huh. <laughs> It's like a... Uh, so it's y- Yohan Gruffert from the Fantastic Four films. It's like a, a, a maritime war, f- uh, war show. I think I never watched it. Anyway, uh, but you asked about why... You mentioned why he's in the in this uh, barracks, given that he's a naval officer. He was actually... He's in the, the fleet air arm of the, the Navy, which did have some planes, some air aspects to it. I'm not a war guy. I don't know. Uh, but... <laughs> That's <laughs> in the, a few a little clicking around. So I, I I assume he was part of the air aspect of the of the navy. Of
0: the... Right. Okay. No, I mean obviously obviously having the you know you have a lot of pilots in in the U.S. Uh, we're in the the Marines or or actually they're in the Navy and they're the naval pilots. Uh, actually, Top uh, I think Top Gun. They're they're all considered naval pilots.
2: Yeah, Top Gun. They're all in the Navy and Top Gun. Yeah. I mean, there's okay. also the outside right. chance he was just catching a ride somewhere on a plane that got shot down. Yeah, but, and, yeah. no, like,
1: yeah. with, like, like Blythe going for a joyride kind of thing. Just, uh, exactly. just a exact sightseeing trip. Yep. Yeah. yeah.
0: Makes a lot of sense to go have a joyride trip uh, across Germany. Yeah. You know, During a <laughs> in war. The, in a yeah. war. <laughs> Why not? Why not? I, I got notes about that kind
2: of thing later on in the show. <laughs> okay. <laughs>
0: All right. Well, so Ashley Pitt, basically, he's played by uh, David McCollum, who's actually one of the the two still living cast members. Most people nowadays uh, who, who watch American TV will recognize him from NCIS. He plays Ducky for almost the entire series so far. He's also quite famous for being uh, in The Man from U.N.C.L.E. and uh, off-screen, he's more famous for being the first husband of Jill Ireland, uh, which I'm sure we'll discuss that at some point uh, when we deal with Charles Bronson and stuff like that.
2: Well, we get Charles Bronson uh, in this minute too. Yeah,
0: yeah, right. We're not there yet. As I said, we get to meet a lot of characters here. Because next up is Sedgwick. That's right, <laughs> the greatest character. Then, then that's right. the next one. We get we get two characters coming out of the barracks which is also very strange they've, they've made the quick uh, run through the barracks and yeah, come out yeah. the other side They haven't
1: even put down their giant bags their giant yeah. <laughs> steamer trunks to claim the, the beds they're still just wandering around that's right that's... so you have cedric and haynes uh, so i am cedric... so disappointed cedric doesn't speak in this minute
0: well um, <laughs> you, you, you get him to taste the water and spit it out
1: Yep. That's, That's what you get. It, it wasn't until uh, the escaping sequence, when when uh, one of the guys says, "Oh, she was back home with his kangaroos," that was the moment in the film where I discovered, "Oh, he's supposed to be Australian." <laughs> okay. <laughs> Uh, the first time i watched this when i was, when I was, I was 15 I was like, what, what is this voice this guy is doing this isn't english this isn't american what is happening here and, oh he's supposed to be australian
0: okay it's good. it's it's an american it's james colburn uh <laughs> interpretation of an australian uh it's accent.
1: delightful
0: <laughs> fun watching even though it's crazy and i'm sure i'm sure uh when, when we uh our, our guest next week is from australia so i'm sure he's gonna, he's gonna have a lot to say about that yeah, so uh, so I'm tune in next week to, to hear out. that one. <laughs> <laughs> um, right, so the, Cedric is played by uh, James Coburn, who uh, is uh, known for for also being in the Magnificent Seven and uh, With half the cast
1: of this film. <laughs> exactly.
0: Yeah. <laughs> yeah, It's basically the same. It's uh, it, it's what's the name of the the trilogy? The Cor- Cornella Cornelli trilogy. Cornetto. 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 Cornetto trilogy. Yeah. Where basically yeah. you have the same the same actors uh, in yeah. <laughs> in different movies. <laughs> Just playing different characters, so yeah, I guess I guess you could sort of compare that to this, you know, that's what I'm John sure. Stewart just did.
1: Oh, I, I think like, Bill Nye would make a fantastic uh, SBO in in the Great Escape remake. We're now going to pitch, starring the Ed, Edgar, the directed by Edgar Wright remake of the Great Escape. Bill Nye is the SBO. Uh, I, I think Simon Pegg would probably have to be Steve McQueen as like the main role. I can't see Simon Pegg as Steve McQueen. That doesn't work. Right. He's more sure. of a he's more of a, a Sedgwick. <laughs> <laughs>
0: Um, and where would you put Nick? Nick Frost. <laughs> I mean oh. Cavendish. <laughs> Dude,
1: I mean that that would no. I think I think you got to have Rafe Spall as Cavendish. Rafe Spall yeah. always crops up in them, and it, but it's always in a small role. And I'd like Cavendish to have a small role. <laughs> and Rafe Spall, he always he's good at playing the bad guys, so or the, the people that you just kind of dislike, annoying people. So yeah, Cavendish is Rafe Spall. Nick Frost. Could, I want to. I want to push Nick Frost. Let's make him Big X. Let's make him Mattenbrook. Let's see if he can do that. I want to I do that. that
0: yeah. That's interesting. That's an interesting choice.
1: <laughs> You're not on board, I can tell. Uh, <laughs> no, I, I
0: again, for me, no one else can play Big X. That, that's the problem. I I, oh. I, I have problems with uh, fictional uh, remakes with with modern car- modern actors <laughs> because if if the, the the originals did such a great job, no one's going to be able to even come close.
1: That's that's true. This is a, a exceptionally well cast film. Yeah, uh, I mean, I mean there, it, help, there, it helps have, just have a great cast.
0: Yeah, yeah. especially since uh, I mean, this is probably one of the first uh, films that you can really classify an ensemble film because mm-hmm. of the fact that everyone, you know, there's so many uh, name brand people in this movie. Yeah. And, you know, we haven't reached the point where it's, uh, you know, Paul Newman, Steve McQueen fighting over uh, who has more dialogue, you know, uh, like we do in yeah. The Towering Inferno. Towering Inferno yeah. Exactly. So, and arguing
1: arguing whether get billed on the post or for the Great Escape. Exactly. And like, everyone has a, a decent arc. Of all the there's like no side plots. There's just everyone. Everyone has an a plot.
0: Correct. And and I heard I heard that that uh, when you listen to the to Elmer Bernstein's music, I'm not as much of a music person, but I heard that every single character has their own uh, theme or beats. That when they're dealing with one of the characters, they, they he plays the same beats over and over so yeah I that's interesting no right. I, I read it i again i'm yeah. not a not a music, I'm not a music person. <laughs> person either i
1: i hear that apparently different characters have themes in star wars i think vader has one but that's about <laughs> all i can tell you
0: <laughs> well i know i know i know that there's uh there's race theme and leia's theme and i've, I've heard those um, i mean, can i've I, heard can them I, I couldn't identify them <laughs> could i identify them exactly the, uh, the imperial march i could i could identify that i for sure could. <laughs> And even, even the notes of the Imperial March in in The Phantom Menace, I can not, I can identify. The Imperial like, March, when, uh, when you have
1: the 4th of July sequence and they're playing the, the music from there, That to me, that's still Barney a dinosaur. So I'm, <laughs> music, I'm
0: not a music guy.
2: I'm not no, going to be able to get that out of my head now, Jay. Thank you for that. <laughs> <I'm> sorry, <Tom>. sir. <laughs>
0: Right. So along with Cedric, we have Haynes, who's who's the uh, so basically they they give us a lot of characters with token characters from other countries. Um, so here we're talking about you have Cedric from Australia and you have Haynes from from Canada. So they always make fun of him, you know, that he's a Canuck and, and he always has the I mean, I grew up in Detroit. So so I'm uh, familiar with the, I, I had a kid in my class from Canada and we used to always make fun of his accent, you know, where he would pronounce his uh Oh, uh, I would pronounce out as oot. You know, so, uh. oot, the cat. Yeah, the so that, that, was, that was played by uh, Lawrence uh, Montagny. I guess you can say he actually just yeah he he just passed away a few years ago. Um, he actually narrated the uh, later on. We're gonna we're gonna have uh, a writer and director of of of, of a great escape documentary who's gonna be on the show and is actually the the narrator of of that. Uh, it's called uh, the coolest guy movie ever. So that's gonna be a fun uh, week also when we get to discuss that. Then we get to see Willie and Danny. Yes, you know. The uh, token pole. That's right. The token pole. And uh, I, I, I mean, you would know better because you're you're British. You know, maybe maybe each of the, the characters have a different, uh, you know, British background. I know, I know McDonald, you know, you can say he's Scottish. Yeah. Uh, uh, Mac, you know. Mac
1: and Ives are the, are the Scots <laughs> and, they're, and they're wonderful. I, I'm very dis- I'm not very disappointed. But you and I, uh, Rob and I have been on podcasts podcast before Talk about my love of Steve McQueen. I also love yes. Ives. And you've managed to find the the chunk in the film with without Steve McQueen in it. So well done. Thank you. I appreciate well, that. <laughs> You're welcome. I, I wanted
0: to honor. I wanted to honor you with being the first guest.
1: I <laughs> so. do appreciate that, Rob. Thank you. I'm. I'm going to drag you into this movie, Movies by minute.
0: Podcasting. We'll, we'll see in a year from now how much I want to come to England and kill you or not. <laughs> <laughs> you got to find me first. Uh, <laughs> well, I know how to find you. I'll just uh, I'll ask uh, Darren
1: to tell me how to get your house. <laughs> uh, yeah, but there's there's a lot of all the different British people. I can't read. I'm, there's a lot of different accents in this country. Country <laughs> uh, Go go half a mile you find another accent. Uh, but they all seem to be mostly the uh, the upper crust. The, the standard film version of an RAF pilot accent. Oh oh, pip pip, t- tally ho kind of thing. Uh, especially okay, but, the SBO, especially Bramsey. <laughs>
0: Right, but they they are all British actors, so it's not yes, like they, indeed. you know, it's it's not as if they, they chose an American actors to play the British the Brits. No, they they got
1: to play the Australian instead. <laughs> That's right. Yeah.
0: Good for them. Well, <laughs> and at least the Ives and MacDonald are played by uh, authentic uh, actors. Yeah. You know. Yes, authentic Scots. Yeah. I mean, again, uh, we, we, Haynes Haynes is also an American. Uh, you know, Lawrence Mont- Montigny is also an American. So <laughs> That's
1: true, yeah. Well, I suppose an American playing a Canadian is closer than a, a Brit playing a Canadian. And, uh,
0: <laughs> true. That's very true. Basically, so we, we meet Willie and Danny, who are played by uh, uh, John Layton, who is actually the second uh, still-living member of the cast. And he actually was a uh, singer, pop singer, in the 60s, I think, in, in England. Correct? Yes. Yeah.
1: Yes. I, I don't recognize any of his songs. Uh, but that is that is true. Uh.
0: <laughs> and uh, then you have uh, Danny, the the token pole played by Charles Bronson, another uh, you know Polish actor uh, <laughs> played by an American. <laughs> yeah so they they have an interesting conversation about uh you know i, I we discussed before about uh, cavendish you know not knowing how to actually do his uh surveying but here you have uh you know these two characters who who are known as the tunnel kings because of, of the number of uh, tunnels they've they've dug over the course of their imprisonment and both of them are completely off <laughs> in their <laughs> guesstimations also
1: so uh, yeah well <laughs> yeah, i mean uh uh, Danny's closer with three hundred. Oh, yeah. with, who says three hundred? Yeah, yeah. Danny says three hundred and yeah. fifty-five.
0: No, no. Willie says <laughs> three hundred. and Danny says. Danny says two hundred. He says over two hundred. So a technically, over two hundred. <laughs> yeah. When he said over two hundred, he meant three hundred and fifty-five. <laughs> yes. Yeah. Exactly. <laughs> exactly. Okay. Maybe so, it was it was lost in translation.
2: <laughs> I have a question about this estimating, and Jay, maybe you can shed some light on this. We know it's three hundred. Hundred and seventy-ish feet to the tree line. When over in England, how do you guesstimate long distances? What do you use as a frame of reference for this?
1: Oh, that's that's a good question. Uh, hmm. Well, we don't use feet. They don't have them back then,
2: well, right? But so I <laughs> but, guess what I'm asking okay. is, you see a distance like that, and if I saw that, uh, I would immediately go and it's just over one American football field
1: long. Yeah, it would be that's how that's I would to teach to in Jawhead to do if i recall uh so yeah i mean we we have standard i've never really got into sports so that's not i can go down but we have like standard five-a-side football or soccer pitches or a standard football pitch so people who are who are used to playing on those surfaces would do that
0: okay you can can also say how many rows in a movie theater you
1: (laughs) definitely could do i don't think a movie theater is a standard unit of measurement i said rows i said rows uh yeah, I, d- I don't know how, what I would use. I just, I'm just kind of good at eyeballing it. Just like, just go, oh, that looks about uh, 355 feet exactly from here that tree line.
2: Uh. Uh, yeah, and, I mean, you made the reference to Jarhead, but yeah, it's you know in America, football fields tend to be a unit yeah. of distance, and I was just curious what you know because we have written a, a poll, and soccer is a thing over there, and I did look, and the soccer pitch is anywhere between 300 and 400 feet depending on what level i guess you're playing at in europe so to me it was just like i feel i should have gotten somewhere around 300 right
1: yeah well i mean maybe maybe billy's never been a, a football player who knows maybe he's more of a cricketer <laughs> and he's just trying to he's trying to judge the number of runs it is uh but i i will i will allow it is difficult to tell a distance when you're on a on a flat surface and it's like quite far away you know, they've got fences and in between and whatnot. It's a new area. I'll allow some slack for them and and for Cavendish as well, I suppose. Uh,
0: if I right. <laughs> so I was I was looking at the script and it's really interesting how they uh, describe uh, Charles Bronson's character, uh, Danny. They say he's a Polish RAF officer, chunky, <laughs> <laughs> who squats on the dirt, the tripwire with Willie Dix, a young Englishman.
1: <laughs> no, no description of how chunky Willie is. Okay. Yeah.
0: This uh, is very funny.
2: <laughs> I'm wondering if this is a version of the script before they got Bronson on board.
0: I think
1: it must be. <laughs> it's word, I, I, yeah, it would take a while for me to get to chunky when describing uh, describing Charles Bronson. That's like yeah. gritty. I can understand, but chunky. That's. Uh, but no, then but again,
0: but again, this is 1963. This is
1: before. That's true. That's true. Our, our favorite description, you know, we, I look at Deep sea or on my podcast, and our favorite description from a review of uh, of uh, Thomas Jane is the bionic stud muffin. That's in taken a from a review. I would yeah, really so love that description of it.
2: So, <laughs> along those same lines, I found a my favorite description of Charles Bronson from a review: Clark Gable, who
1: was left out in the sun too long. <laughs> oh, that's, that's mean. That's so mean. <laughs> I mean, it's fair, but it's interesting. <laughs> okay.
0: Um. Anyone else have anything else to say about this minute?
1: Uh, this, this is the minute with all the characters in from my week. So. <laughs> 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 anyway. It's the rest of the week that's going to be a little of to pick. Uh,
2: oh, Rob, I did not find any. Did you happen to see any more musical instruments in the background?
0: No, okay. no, no musical instruments. But but what I did find, and and Jay, he'll, we, we 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 last week we found a uh, guitar and a, uh, a trombone. Uh, just okay. The, the, wow. That characters were carrying along the way is <laughs> uh, very enough. interesting. Yeah. They got, um, they got all that
1: way with a trombone. Yes. Uh, yeah. Uh, Seriously. <laughs> a trombone has been through some stuff.
0: <laughs> no, so I didn't see any of that. But what I did see was is that when Ashley Pitt is, uh, is is crouching down, looking under the barracks, you see two two other uh, prisoners open up the windows and stick their heads out the window. It's yeah. just very... You know, the, what the, were they I expecting guess that, to see? Uh, maybe, maybe they're just trying to air it out. I don't know. Because <laughs> it makes you wonder how often these guys... Uh, you know, have have uh, you know get to take showers and and wash their clothes because they basically you know have one set of clothing. That's true, especially uh, when you get to uh,
1: the the cooler. Like when McQueen, that's McQueen, right. When McQueen and I were in there for two weeks. I uh, think right. about, about opening uh, windows when Sedgwick comes out of that door. He gives just like, that door a beating. <laughs> he just throws it open. It comes back and hits hits the guy behind him. <laughs> uh,
0: he just knocks it. That's uh, that's James Colburn for you. Yeah, that's yeah. right. I, I just looked at it. you. See, you see, it, it actually hits uh, hands in the arm, but he keeps walking. He doesn't even <laughs> doesn't even, uh, doesn't even, even bother him. Yeah. Well, he was in the He's thing. a great actor who who uh, you know was looking for his big break. So, <laughs> all right. Anyone else have anything else to say? I'm good for this one. I'm good. All right. So, uh, anyone you can find us on uh, uh, Facebook group the the cooler, our website uh, the you can follow us on Twitter at uh, GreatEscapeMXM and uh, our email address is minute at gmail.com. dot so You can go there, you can rate, review, subscribe, whatever you want. And Jay, will you come back tomorrow and join us? I would
1: love to. And and listen, can, can I do my plug? I do a plug? Oh, sure. Thank you. Uh, so yes, you can find my podcast, Deep Blue Sea, the podcast, where myself and my co-host Mark Hoffmeyer, we are reviewing. Well, by the time this comes up, we we have we have already finished reviewing the 1999 Rennie Harlan-directed Shark-Infested classic Deep Blue Sea, one DVD chapter at a time. Deep Blue Sea is a film that is 100 minutes long and has more chapters in it than The Great Escape. The Great Escape has 32 chapters, Deep Blue Sea has 33. I don't understand why, but it allowed us to talk about Deep Blue Sea for 33 consecutive weeks. And since then, we've moved on to Deep Blue Sea 2. Yes, there is a Deep Blue Sea 2. There's also Deep Blue Sea 3. We are going through them chapter by chapter at the time of recording, uh, this is a mistake we, we regret this decision. Uh, that's not as good as The Great Escape Yeah, but we're, we're plowing on through so come and join us uh, to hear us talk about Deep Blue Sea and its various sequels over at Deep Blue Sea the podcast
0: okay so we'll uh, see everyone back here tomorrow on The Great Escape Minute Tally Ho Tally Ho